Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. This is your host, as always, Jason, number one. And we are here with our illustrious crew on this. We're actually recording on Halloween. So Halloween we day. look at this at a later date and go, why is Static Shock on the show? And where did Jason Duke of All Nerds go? You know why. Okay. That is actually Jason Duke of All Nerds. I'm just going to spoil his identity. Let everybody oh, know. no. <laughs> there goes my crime-fighting career, man. I was going to, you know, do some stuff and, you know, Listen, maybe, like, have an on-and-off-again relationship with a person I know who doesn't know who I am. Like, oh, I love you, but I'm not loving static. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just remember, <laughs> evil dies tonight. That's all you yeah, remember. evil dies tonight. <laughs> so dumb. I kept uh, saying but, it, too. <laughs> what's going on, Jason? How's it going today? Halloween. I got to get another use out of this costume. It's great. Hey, I'm right there with you. There you go. Do, do you have a, um, you know, a, a sewer lit cover as well with you? No, but I will make one for next year's Dragon Con so that it will light up and everything. So that will be awesome. That will be yeah. awesome. I was trying to think of a way to do it, like you know, one of those uh, hoverboards, mm-hmm. you know, and have and, and yeah. but I haven't figured out yeah. all the mechanics yet. But next year's Dragon Con, I'll have a sewer lid. Maybe Jaren can like 3D print you one. Ugh. Once I get to my new place, <laughs> yes, I will 3D print you something. Jaren's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. What are you, you volunteering me, Jason? Why are you volunteering me? Uh, and speaking of that, Jaren, what's going on, man? How's it going? Hey, happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, yeah, we're doing an early show today, as evidenced by the light coming through my window shades. It's and, still um, it is still daylight out because uh, everybody else involved in this is a dad and needs to take their little ones trick or treating. So early show. Uh, I'm excited. Like thirteen, almost I mean, awake. He's if a grandpa. I, if I he's had a, he's my a... way, I would do the show this time like every Saturday, Sunday, so I can you know enjoy the rest of my day, get some editing done early, go to bed at a good hour, you know. But <laughs> we gotta, hey, I tell you what, enjoy your life. life. Nah, <laughs> way more information than any of our viewers need to know, but. Middle of next month, when I move into my my new place, I will be significantly closer to work, and that would actually free up two hours, additional two hours a day of my life, so that I can watch our stuff sooner. So we could actually probably do that. That would work. Okay, well, let's jump into it. So he doesn't wear this uh, costume for the rest of the show. He can at least take the mask uh, off later. All right, yeah, it's hot already. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> this jacket uh, is pure leather. <laughs> exactly. So our first. Topic of the day, or our top three that we're going to jump into is top three Star Trek shows. And uh, there's two resident Trekkies on here, myself not included, because that will make three. Uh, I'm going to have a very interesting list for everybody. So let's go ahead and start this off with Jaren. Jaren, what is your number three Star Trek show of all time? <clears throat> number three Star Trek show of all time is probably going to be surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people give it a lot of shit, uh, but I really loved how it bridged kind of where we are at today and where the future it holds. My number three is going to be Enterprise with uh, Captain Archer. Soon to be Admiral. <laughs> yeah, that's my number three. <laughs> I like that show a lot. I like to see the, the technology that we've all become accustomed to evolve over the course of the show. I thought the actors were great. Um, with the exception of that British guy who was just a weird fucking dude. Uh, Paul was probably one of the hottest girls on the show. Uh, they had their, their, uh, their linguist <laughs> uh, was awesome. I think Lin- not Linda Park, but uh, uh, I can't remember her name, but she was awesome. And then Archer, I thought, was the embodiment of the Explorer 
almost like the perfect balance between like a modern day astronaut and an actual Starfleet captain. So I dug it. I liked it. I think the only two dings that show actually has by Star Wars fan or Star Trek fans, I'm sorry, is the theme song. It's not Star mm-hmm. Trek at all. And then the Trash. ending of the show is 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 so tragic because they don't give them an ending. <laughs> last, the last episode was horrible. And yes, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, whatever that fucking Didn't from song there is. to here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long road. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've heard that. it. My number three, three, uh, this will also probably shock uh, Star Trek fans, but my number three is going to be Lord Dex. Um, I really enjoy the show, even though it doesn't have as a lot of time in the the Star Trek ethos as it does. But, like, this show is a show for fans, by fans. Uh, I love it. I simply just, like, enjoy that they put so much love into this show. Even if it doesn't always be funny, it's still always fun. So that's going to be my number three. That's awesome. All right. Um, my number three is uh, Star Trek Rebels. Let's go with Jared. Your number two, Jared. What is your number two? Star Trek? <laughs> Wait a second. What is your backup, backup, backup? Rebels is still number three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man, I know where this is going, and it's not a good. It's not a good direction. All right, um, shit. I'm gonna plug my mic in. I don't know what you guys have been listening to me on so far, but it's probably not been great. All right. Uh number two. Uh, yeah, probably one of uh, probably some of my favorite episodes of the entire ethos uh, is gonna be uh, Deep Space Nine. Is my number two. Um, I absolutely love all the, uh, one of the best captains in the series. Um, and I was really, when I first started, I was like, they're not on a ship. They're not moving. This sucks. And they did an amazing job of creating that station life as well as uh, giving them the Defiant, the prototype Starfleet battleship, uh, which was also the, one of the coolest ships out there. So rapid fire phaser blasts. What the hell? This is awesome. Let's go. Dominion Wars. All right, Jason, your number two Star Trek show. Well, I I was going to agree with Jaron. Jaron took my number two, so I was. But my number two was a toss up anyway between DS Nine and Voyager. Uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm so I'm gonna replace mine with Voyager because uh, I just love Voyager. I love uh, Captain Janeway, Chakotay, Corey Ensign, Harry Kim is the only person who's never got a promotion (laughs) in all four seasons of his show. (laughs) He remains an ensign. <clears throat> Robert Bricado as a hollow doc is just iconic. Um, one of the best episodes is him trying to prove that he has intellectual property rights over a story, a hologram story, hollow uh, sweet story that he wrote. So yeah, Voyager uh, would be a, a close number two uh, between that and and DSI. They were tied in my book, so. Honestly, and 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 opposite or antithetical to the. Uh, to the for my first choice, arguably the best ending to any Star Trek season series. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so so cool of, of time travel, timey wimey shit, and yeah. you know, like four queen, <laughs> let's go four queens. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a cool ending, even though I feel like that season was kind of rushed. Mm. All right, um, my number two Star Trek show is Star Trek: The Mandalorian. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Go ahead, Darren. What is your number one Star Trek uh, show of all time? Uh, <laughs> I, I call it number one because it, uh, it 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 fostered some of the best characters in the series and kind of gave a template for the future, in my opinion. Uh, all only for it to get ignored by that Discovery show, but um, it, I grew up with it. It's warm. It's 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 something I could wrap up in. It's almost it's like friends for other people, and that would be the next generation. I think they took uh, the great bits from what the original series was trying to accomplish and made it not as hokey. And I think they did a great job with it. Awesome. All right, Jason, oh, I feel like it's next generation. You're number one as well. I have yeah. to agree. Um, it is. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much made Star Trek Star Trek, in my opinion. Um, beforehand, yeah. even though you have the movies and stuff, the, uh, of the original cast, um, this kind of brought it to a more grounded sort of 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 uh universe i suppose but also some of the best episodes of like just that to make you think and boggle your mind like the measure of a man or or the best yeah. of both worlds or you know uh How there are four lights um, like, <laughs> so many iconic moments so many like the best captain in my opinion in my humble opinion i would serve under patrick stewart as john luke picard i would go into space war with him uh, I would hug him, even though he's not a very huggy person. Yeah. <laughs> TNG is my, like, the, the best thing about Star Trek to me is that it presents a future, and this, and many, most other sci-fi does not do this. It presents a future where humans as a whole have come together and figured it all out. Like, figured it out. There's still problems and stuff, but as a whole, we are striving towards a better future together. And that's what I love about Star Trek. And that's what I love about TNG is because you get that from the cat, from the whole entire crew is that, yeah, we're all different people, but we're all working together for a better future for all of our people rather than just, you know, one segment of the diaspora versus another. It's, it's also, it's great. Jordy, Jordy, best engineer. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Chief O'Brien's pretty good too. <laughs> Tours was good. O'Brien learned under Jordy. He was a transporter yeah, chief on the Enterprise. I mean, and even he lost his cool a bunch. He was he had that Irish but fire in him. Jordy was Jordy always wasn't calm, chief engineer always until the back. second season. <laughs> That's true. He got promoted, but it's because he he's promoted. fucking yeah, bad. <laughs> All right, and my number one Star Trek show is. Star Trek Clone Wars. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed our Star Trek top three shows of all time. Please remember to like, share, and comment below. We will always read your comments, typically on the show. Maybe not on the exact week you do it, but at least in the next two weeks, we will read your comments out. So look forward to that. But tell us what your top three Star Trek shows are and why we're absolutely wrong. I'm interested to see if anybody picks their number one not being Next Generation. That would be what I'd be Someone who's to older than, than us would probably pick their yeah. being the original series. Yeah, Someone who is there. like yeah, seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be right. surprised if somebody picked the animated TOS. <laughs> the, the, oh, the man. Series cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trash. The fourth season. It was the fourth season. It did so much great things. Gi giant Spock. Yeah. <laughs> So going into that, we're going to jump into more Star Trek talk. So we're going to talk about the new show that's jumped out there, Star Trek Prodigy. And so for a brief summary on that is Prodigy follows a group of teenagers who use an abandoned starship to search the universe. That's what I'm getting for you. And so let's go ahead and jump right into this for you, Jason. Number A, 
What did you think of Star Trek Prodigy, the first episode? First episode. All right. First, let me get this out of the way. Just my nitpicky thing is that a group of teenagers should not be able to operate a starship. <laughs> That's Correct. it takes a whole crew of people to do this. And they got like four dudes and a little blob uh, to operate this starship. So that's just me being nitpicky. But otherwise, um, I like this show. I like the uh, art direction, the art style in this. It's very, very uh, phenomenal to me. Uh, I enjoy the voice character, the voice actors in this. Uh, the main character, I can't remember the kid's name, but the, the main character is uh, the black kid from On my on, on the Block, which is a show as I enjoyed. He has a future as a voice actor ahead of him, which, you know, that happens to all the best black actors is to become voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this seems like it's going to be fun. It's definitely aimed at a um, younger audience, uh, younger than me uh, by far, but not as too young as this to be for preschoolers. This is kind of like uh, a preteen to younger teen sort of show, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, I don't really get what is happening, why they're stuck in that penal colony. Like, why would someone put children in a penal colony? But other than that, uh, it looks like it's going to be a fun, rip-roaring adventure full of wacky hijinks, and and somehow these four people are being aimed to run a prototype starship with Captain Janeway as their hollow captain, or whatever. Mm. <laughs> which is great to see, you know, uh, her back as, because, you know, there was only really one mention of her after Voyager ended, and that was in Star Trek Nemesis, when she talks to John yeah. Luke, it's like, hey, you can't, Admiral you gotta go to the neutral zone, John Luke, and she's an admiral before yeah. John Luke is, and like, come on, hey, just because you can, navigated back he, yeah. <laughs> to he the... Didn't, he, didn't, to, he didn't want the job, he didn't want it. You John know he wanted to stay in the command. Janeway. Yeah, the Janeway's still awesome, don't get me wrong, Janeway's still awesome, but John mm. Luke should have definitely been an admiral before Janeway. <laughs> it, it definitely felt like some... Um, some Janeway hate there, but go ahead, Jaren. What are your thoughts on Trek Prodigy? <laughs> That's not Janeway. Right. No, I love I mean, Janeway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 main guy, main, main antagonist, and his robot crony, and his daughter. I guess the the main guy and his daughter are giving me serious, like last members of our race kind of vibes. Um, he is trading for orphans to mine his shit. Because he's been, it's clear that I picked up from the show that he's looking for that ship. He knows about the Federation. Where they are, I'm not sure yet. Because you've got a member of the Kazon Ogla, which are definitely uh, from the Delta, the Delta Quadrant. Quadrant. But you also have that, the, the engineer guy that's played by the uh, crazy dude from Invincible. Jason Musasaki uh, or whatever his last name is. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He is a Tellarite. So, I mean, that's Alpha Quadrant Kid. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on, but uh, he clearly wanted to mine this ship on the quiet and didn't want anybody else knowing it, hence using orphan labor to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little sweatshop going on. I was like, hey. Um, I agree with the nitpicky bit. I don't uh, I don't understand uh, how non-Federation people can get a ship up and going. They did make some show of them not doing it well initially, but yeah. they seem to acclimate relatively quickly. Um, so I don't know if there's a standardized, you know, I, I, you know, I've seen people get into spaceships that are alien to them and kind of flick some buttons and be like, oh, okay, this is the up, this is the go. <laughs> But when you see Star Trek, I don't they read Kardashian like at all, but somehow I'm able to buy this Kardashian cruiser. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, in Star Trek, they play those consoles like a piano to make the ship move even left. So I don't know how exactly these kids are doing it. At any rate, 
Um, you only get to see a brief two sentence bit with Janeway, which I thought was a good choice because everybody that's a fan of the series already was coming to hear Kate Mulgrew and, and, and some new Janeway. And they were like, listen, we got to give this episode time. Well, it's, it's, it's technically episode one and two, I think in the, in the description, yeah, but they had, they, part of yeah, they had to give the episode, the characters, the new characters time to breathe and kind of like open it up before they introduced the, the familiar uh, character, which I thought was a good call. If Janeway had been in it earlier, I think it would have taken away from anybody caring about these people or trying to learn more about them, at least initially. You kind of kind of need them to have their own story for a moment. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. The prototype, uh, the USS prototype looks incredibly small uh, by ship standards. Uh, I mean, when you saw the scale of them out on... to, to do it. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. I think that I think that's a good call on their part. Um, yeah, when he was standing, when they were fighting on the uh, saucer section, you kind of you got a bit of a scale for what was going on, and and it was like, oh, this is kind of a this is a very small ship, all things considered. So I like that. Um, I love the visual look. It looks great. This is quality work, man. I tell you what, if Star Wars could figure out how to bring this shit to their rebels and Clone Wars. <laughs> I would probably watch the hell. I knew it was coming. I knew I would watch the hell out of those shows if they could if they could generate this level of quality for their shit. I'd be all about it. Tragic they can't, but here we are. <laughs> I knew so it was I'm excited. Why, why, why can't we just have a review and it doesn't include bashing the other one for the sake of bashing them? Like, hey, listen, like, I put it this way: Prodigy will hope to have the longevity that Clone Wars have. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Let's just put that out there. Prodigy, they would pray to have the longevity that Clone Wars had. The Indian show would pray to have the longevity that Clone Wars had. Yeah, yeah. So let's just throw that out there. But anyway, um, going to it, like I said, um, entry point was because I don't care about animation like Jaren does. And and we knew even if the animation was tragic, he would have been like, oh, it's still better than Star Wars. So we know that. Um, regardless of how bad it would have been. Anyway, <laughs> no, Star Wars Prodigy is a, is a prodigal entry point. Like this is supposed to be for the parents like you all to get your kids to sit down and watch something Star Trek. For a guy who's not into Star Trek, it worked out great for me. The only issue at first, initially, I was like, who was this for? Because it wasn't overly kiddy at first. It was kind of yeah. dark. And then it lightened yeah. up. And I'm like, okay, I get it. This is the entry point for parents to get their kids to sit down and watch Star Trek without having to see the Manusia and the Malaysia of all the other world building that usually goes into this. Understand? So you guys get your little, you know, Easter eggs. The people who don't know what's going on, they get to still enjoy a good adventure with some mystery to make you want to tune in for future episodes. So even bringing in Janeway, Janeway at that moment, for a person like me who knows of the character but doesn't know why she's important, that's a great way to end it because now it's like, oh, crap, who is this? Now it's going to, like, is she, she going to teach them how to run this ship? Is she going to teach them how to be better? You know, be are they going to become fleet? Like, now we open up a whole new world for him. And also, too, I think when it left off, it left at a spot where the exploration portion of this is going to be, I think, a heavy focus along with the storyline of the people escaping. So I did appreciate that the story for this one was very entry friendly. I didn't know what had to know what alien species people were, understand their mentalities or why they do what they do. It was just that these are the archetype characters. And I can see that they're going to build their personalities in future shows. Before the beginning, this is a great way to do that. Um, the only critique I have on this one is just, again, like, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time with the target audience here because 
you're going to have to get into real Trekkie stuff, but you still are trying to market this to kids. So <laughs> how they maneuver that never is going to be very, very interesting. And that's what actually has me more interested in watching the show is because I really want to see how they're going to maneuver this writing wise to keep this still kiddish, but have, because I mean, Star, Star Trek does have a lot of t- more adult tones to everything they've done. Hmm. So where Star Trek, going with Jeremy, Star Trek has always been kiddie. It's again, it's like swords and wizards, like the epitome of kid stuff. Even when Star it's Wars, you mean. In, yeah, yeah. So you know, Star, Star, Wars? Star Wars, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's always been kitty. So at this point, seeing what they do with this, I, I'm all here for it. Um, yeah, I have nothing really bad to say about it. It's just I'm interested to see how it goes forward from this pilot. So, also, can can we talk about how absolutely beautiful they made the Gulf of Space? Like every time when they get out, when they finally get that ship out, and even in the beginning sequence, they made space look crowded and pretty and colorful. And I I like the the tone that they chose for it. It was very cool. Yeah, I definitely do love the art direction they did yeah. in the show. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. It's great. All right. Well, let's go to our ratings. What do you give this, uh, Jason, on your ratings? I give it a solid uh, 3.5 out of five um yeah it's not you know it's not gonna blow your mind away so you're not gonna be like oh god this is the greatest thing i've ever seen but you know if you're a star trek fan or if you want to introduce people to star trek this is, this is a pretty good place to just to hang your hat so yeah absolutely uh jared i mean you know i stand for star trek so uh just based on episodes one and two i guess i gotta give it uh i don't know 4.9 out of five yeah i mean <laughs> Darren just can't go five out of five because we'll make fun of him. But I mean, he I, did see I like Chi three times because yeah. he loves Marvel that much. So, <laughs> hey, the, uh, the emergency Janeway didn't have her pips, which I thought was an important detail. And also, I didn't like that she didn't call herself an ECH or an emergency command hologram, which I thought would have been cool and a callback to what uh, the doctor the, was the doing. Doc was was ECH. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I give it a 3.5. I enjoyed it. I didn't think anything was really wrong with it. I, again, I, I'm more intrigued to see where it goes from here. So that alone piques my interest. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for it. All right. And this one I get to kick my feet up in because I'm good on this one. Let's jump into our next one. <laughs> and we are going to talk about lower Star Trek Lower Decks, another Star Trek cartoon. And uh Let's go. Let's tell us how you feel about this one. Jaren, let's start off with you. But season two. Oh. Sorry, we're talking about season two. Yeah. All right. So season two. I think if 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 season one and season two, if I look at them kind of separate from each other and then I kind of evaluate what they're doing, I, I like where they're going with it. It feels like they start the season off uh, with something a little impactful and then they have a lot of fun mid-season. They just kind of go off the rails a little bit and tell – the most fan servicey kind of fun stories that they can as fans of Star Trek. And then they always seem to wrap up the seasons by chucking just a little bit of drama in there and kind of reminding you that this is still Trek. And I think they do the right measurement of that. Um, I don't think it's overly goofy or overly dramatic. I think it's balanced exceptionally well. If you look at it as season as a whole, um, the characters are growing on me. I like that they, the fact that they just brought Shaxx back in the second season and they're like, oh yeah, people that die come back all the time. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't ask him about it. Don't ask him about it. 
Like it's just they 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 fire shots at TV tropes, at Star Trek, its history, its lore. I and, and all, I, I started looking up some of the videos that were like because there were some things that I was like I'm a big Trek fan and I don't know that reference. Um, it turns out all the references I don't know are ridiculous references to the that TOS animated season. Yeah, uh, apparently those motherfuckers were doing some shrooms or something when they're writing that shit and just having a blast too. So. Jaren freeze. Jaren's frozen. Jaren frozen to you. But yeah, so he's not frozen. Yep. Uh, anything. Yeah, I absolutely love this season. Uh, <laughs> I like that this. I like that this series does the thing that real that not not real Star Trek that the live action Star Trek does, where it it affords the ships the reverence that they deserve uh leaving space dock or something like that you're gonna see like the slow motion slow pan shot of the ships maybe with backlit by a sun or something that really just kind of show you know the majesty of these massive vessels uh so yeah uh i love i, I love lower decks i think it's great um and i love the energy that it brings it's it's almost as good as orville i think it, it's aiming to be at orville's level but it's just a little more silly than Orville and officially licensed Star Trek. So for everybody out there who don't watch the show regularly, him saying it's almost as good as Orville is like saying it's, you know, as good as the sun or something like that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's absolutely. been up Orville this entire time when we're talking about Star Trek. Well, you know, the best Star Trek show is Orville. actually. Best Star Trek on television, <laughs> Orville. <laughs> All right, Jason, what are your thoughts on uh, lower deck season two? Well, from obviously from my uh, top three, uh, I love this show. This season is 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 uh, better than the last season. It does more of the same, but just a tad bit better from what they were doing last season. Uh, there's yeah, there's this. The cool thing about this show is that unlike you know the newer shows like Discovery or Picard, where they have this overarching narrative they're trying to tell. Um, this one is very much more episodic, you know, like old Trek was where you just, you know, oh, it's a new day, new adventure, but it still has an arc to it. It's just told in an episodic manner. So, for example, and I'm going to get into spoiler alerts here in three, two, one. There is this whole entire uh, sort of background story about the uh, the Packleds trying to gain power. And trying to uh, become a force. And if you don't know about the Packleds, they're the dumbest of species out there. They are generally just looked down upon as, you know, not a threat. Um, And they pay this off that, you know, there's this whole conspiracy going on uh, about this Packled threat. And they pay this off at the very end of the season in such a, like, wow, shocking kind of fashion. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, The last episode of the season is probably, like, what made me stand up and salute and clap my hands and cheer. Um, Firstly, like, the animation, you know, normally the character animation is very cartoony, but when they go to the ships and stuff, it is phenomenal. It is spectacular. As Jaren said, it really does show the scale and scope of these ships. Even though, like, the Cerritos is a smaller class ship, you know, it's still in my mind, kind of majestic when you watch it float out of space dock. It is so cool. Um, Another thing that they showed in this series that I thought was hilarious, especially this last episode, they finally showed Cetacean Ops. For (laughs) all you, you know, Trek fans out there who, or people who don't know, 
on starships, uh, there are whole decks dedicated to dolphins and whales <laughs> because they can join Starfleet and be a part of the Starship Star Trek crew. And this was supposed to be shown in the original TNG, but you know, of course, they didn't have the budget to do that, so they never did it. But it's always been like hinted to, and then finally we get to see, you know, two uh, beluga whale officers who are very horny for Rutherford. <laughs> want him to come and take off his shirt and come and swim with them. And like, as dolphins and whales go, that's pretty much on brand for them. That's so <laughs> I I chuckled furiously at that scene. It was so great. But yeah, this if you are a Star Trek fan, if you like Star Trek, you should definitely be watching this show. It yeah. is it is good. It is good. I loved when Boimler uh, almost drowned and they were giving all the bad advice that <laughs> fish. Flash water, keep him wet. Keep his yeah, he's drying water. out. <laughs> his blowhole is blocked. <laughs> they were giving all this like. Might be quick as a guy who's not a Star Trek fan. I, I thought it was funny. I didn't get all the inside jokes, which we alluded to at the beginning of this. But as a person who isn't in the lore, like this is enjoyable to watch because you still get the comedic timing, you still get the situational comedy of it, and it's very well well written. Again, the, the extreme enjoyment that you guys are having is because you guys have the references and et cetera. So, I, I mean, even as a guy who didn't doesn't get that, it, like, it's an enjoyable watch. Like, it's kind of like, and, and I know you mentioned, you know, the, the dawning of the sun with the Orville. It's kind of like even like that with me with Lower Decks, where the Orville is spoofing in a respectful way Star Trek stuff that I don't get. But because it's so well written, well written, I can still ride with it. So, yeah, again, I'm here for it, man. I mean... Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely it's a good show. I, I I laughed a couple of times out loud on a couple of scenes, especially when you talk about with the whale stuff. Like, I, and I didn't get like the reference to it. Only thing I could think of was like, was it one of the movies about saving some whales or something? <laughs> yeah. So that's that the only thing I got the reference of something like that because I saw that movie. But other than that, I'm like, this is still hilarious because like Jason said, whales and dolphins like are some of the few mammals that just uh, just because they like sex like human beings. So it was great to have them being like. <laughs> sexual animals like in real yeah, life so i thought real. that was dope too um but yeah i'm here for it um they are so thirsty <laughs> go yeah oh 100 <laughs> let's go ahead and jump right into our rankings uh jaren what would you rank uh lower decks oh this is definitely uh a solid 4.5 if you have uh if you have even a little bit of love for star trek uh this is gonna this is gonna like jason was saying uh you don't have to know everything about it to just enjoy the show. It's well-written. Uh, it, especially in the second season, I feel like the voice actors kind of have settled into their roles a little bit better. And they have a, it's either the audio editors are making them their back and forth more snappy or they're just getting used to each other. But yeah, uh, comedic timing is on point. It's just a fun show. Uh, highly recommend 4.5. All right, Jason. I'm going to do you one better, Jared. I'm going to go five out of five. As oh! a Trek fan, if you're a Trek fan, you got to be watching the show. It's yeah. just plain and simple. Um, everybody else, it's still really enjoyable. So five out of five. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, I would probably just just off the pure enjoyment I have of it as a sci-fi show. I mean, I rank this show up there with the likes of uh, Futurama, which I think is probably the best version of this that's been done by far. So if I'm giving Futurama like a five, I'm definitely giving this like a four. And the only reason it doesn't get my rest of it is because I don't understand the, the, the inside humor. With Futurama, I didn't need to understand a whole universe to get it. It just kind of 
plays on itself. So that's the only reason I give it a point. Neck, and that's that's a meat issue, not the show's <laughs> issue. So yeah. it's literally Which, made, made a lot of Star not, Trek not references too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, but no, um, yeah, that's where I'm in on that one. Let's go ahead and jump into our first movie review here. We're going to talk about the last night in Soho. For this review, we are going to start off spoiler free, and then we will let you guys know when we are going to jump into spoilers. And then that way you can turn to shut it off or go to the next moment. And we're going to go from there. But a quick summary of The Last Night in Soho. An inspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. However, the glamour is not all it appears to be. And the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far, far darker. All right, guys. Let's go this review. I'm going to go ahead and start because, you know, y'all got your Star Trek gasms off. I'm going to go jump into this one. So you, I'm just you deserve to go friends. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that energy, man. Bring it. Right. So The Last Night is so much close to being a perfect movie, but the ending is so ho-hum. See what I did at Snowho? I know we're all going to probably review this pretty well because it is Edgar Wright. And Edgar Wright is one of those filmmakers that he just makes good movies. And the things that don't work, you kind of let it slide because he just makes good movies. They look good. They sound good. Like, even the, the dialogue feels good and lived in, et cetera. So I just go in with that one. I will say I finally realized it's something that Edgar Wright doesn't do well, and that is complete, straight-up horror. Like, Shaun of the Dead is horror, but it's comedic horror. Uh, even the, the World's End, more comedic. This is straight up, no frills, has to like live in this moment kind of thing. And I think either they overthought the ending or they wanted to twist something to make people feel like, oh, this twist was earned. I don't know what it was. I'll be interested to hear interviews further as this movie goes out and spreads more what his thoughts were about the ending. Because I just think, I don't think they stuck the landing very well at all. But outside of that, everything works in this movie. When I say everything, I mean everything from the look of it. The feel of it, but even one of the things that it just there's a minuscule, minuscule thing that I think works is the main character Ellie. Her voice, her inflection, how she speaks is very whimsical, uh, very fairy like, very like it, it hits on so many things. And this is a thing that we probably never talk about on this show ultimately. But this might be the first movie I've seen in a long time where I think all the casting hit home. Oh, like, yeah. It, oh, yeah. it like they, who they pick for each role works and it fit. And the way they acted out, the way they spoke, the way they presented themselves, the way they dressed was all great. Um, even from the thirsty brother, I was like, damn, this brother, like, because I'm dealing with some crazy chick like this, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, nope. got me caught up. Like, I'm good. What are you talking about? Like all these other white bitches. <laughs> but I'm not a, I'm not a Euro black dude either, so I don't know how they roll. So I'm like, well, maybe this is part of their DNA. Because for me in America, I'm like, oh, she almost got me caught up. I'm, I'm surprised the police ain't show up in my house, so I'm gonna let this ride. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but the things I'm getting, the only other issues I had too was that I think the 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 head, you know, the person who was renting out to Ellie and the old man, I thought they needed a little bit more development, a little bit more to to bring that together. So the things that happened in the movie with them, it feels more earned, where mm. it kind of felt very shotgunned in there, and I was like when. When the thing happened to the older man, I was like, oh, we must be getting near the end. Like, that's the first thing I thought, because, like, they threw that in there, and they flipped it, and it was like, 
off to the races, in which the ending was very thrilling until we got to the very last part of it. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, man, I think everything looked good. It felt good. The way they shot a lot of the scenes, hell, that ending scene on the stairs, oh, my God, if that's not movie magic, I do not know what is. It's so right. perfectly shot. Yeah. <laughs> looks so great. It, it's just everything about this. So again, like I said, I mean, my, my review is still going to probably be a higher number, but I think it was, it, it's, it's points left on the table for just little things that I expect out of Edgar Wright that I just didn't get in this moment and in this movie. And that's my only critique is that Edgar Wright's so great that when he wasn't absolutely almost perfect, it hurt my feelings. That's, that's my critique basically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go jump on to you, Jaren. What are your thoughts on the last night of Soho? About to have seven minutes of Jaren just <laughs> right. over Edgar Wright, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to let – this is this is good. I'm going to let Jason kind of round this out because it will probably be a little more balanced. Um, oh, holy shit. I absolutely love this movie. There are, there are points in this movie where the ending is revealed to you, and I love that about good writing. Things that were said all the way up until the end of the movie absolutely point – to how this is going to end things that happened uh the old lady talking about having to turn up the uh the vents in the summer because it the the it gets stinky there's a reason for that mm-hmm. she just just a just a, a random ass thing she says passes by no one thinks the wiser of it when uh when ellie goes don't to give too many for, examples <laughs> right right when ellie goes to look for uh uh past deaths uh in in the you know in the area uh, there, there's a trend that keeps coming up that is not what she's looking for, but then at the end makes a whole fucking lot of sense. Um, and I think, you know, you're, you're sitting there going, oh, that's what was happening on those fucking microfiches. Um, I agree with Jason. Uh, I think, so, okay, Edgar Wright. Um, he he kind of blew his load a lot on, on the the elements that were horror like um there were just periods that we were watching just like something shocking or scary like just just staring at it for a couple seconds like there was no there wasn't a lot of build-up it's almost like he hasn't quite got the timing down on building the suspense and then kind of letting it go it just he just jumps right into it and says hey here it is and then <laughs> and then there you know there may be some running or scrambling or something and then he's like oh here it is again and i'm just gonna stare you right in the face with it uh, there's no build that uh, we see from other directors that are uh, better at this genre, I guess, as it, if it were. One of the things I fucking loved and one of the things that Edgar Wright, I think it's 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 an eye that uh, to detail that only Edgar Wright would deliver. When she's experiencing this woman in the past life, you always catch her in the reflections. But it's just a little off-putting because she's never matching where the head would be in a mirror she's always turned around looking as if she's looking through the mirror at the person so even though the woman the girl from the 60s is reflected in the mirror exactly as ellie is body wise she's looking at the back of that girl's head which is just an off-putting situation from the rip anytime you ever think of a a, a mirror reflection looking at you and watching you it's just unnatural it's weird it's fuck it's Don't fuck with mirrors don't yeah yeah <laughs> from Candyman you're like don't yeah, fuck with don't, don't, don't say his name don't say his name go back yeah go back go back to our uh, yeah our, our Candyman episode uh when Jason's got he's got the thought, thoughts on mirrors um 
I will say I was worried uh, for the girl from Queen's Gambit. I was like, was Queen's Gambit a perfect storm for her? Is she actually a good actress? Is she capable of being a lead lady? Or was the mixture of the character being kind of a blank slate? And, you know, with like one episode where she's drinking and smoking a little bit and kind of acting out, but really still kind of reserved. Was that just a wheelhouse for her? And was it enough of a bland character that she got a lot of kudos for delivering a very, very even delivery. In this, we see her much more human, much more animated, much more out there. And I have to say, uh, if this is any indication of where she's going, she's going to have a long and illustrious career in Hollywood. I think she is phenomenal. So if there was any doubt in your mind, this movie will put those doubts to rest, at least in my humble opinion. Jason? Which one? Me? Me? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mirror a lot of sentiments about Edgar Wright that you guys have already said. He's a phenomenal director. He does what he does great. Um, if you want to just judge this on a pure horror movie, it's pretty terrible. It's not scary at all. <laughs> it's not scary in the slightest if you think this as a horror movie. But if you're just thinking this as just a regular movie, a thriller, then you will definitely have uh, some fun with this. Uh, the one thing that I truly liked about this is the, uh, I guess, would, would be uh, Edgar Wright's critique of nostalgia here. This young lady is so enamored with the 60s. She thinks it's perfect. She was like, she keeps telling everybody, oh, if I could be anywhere, I would live in the 1960s in London. And for me, as a, a person of color, uh, when people say stuff like that to me, I'm just like, sure, all right, you can have that. Because <laughs> there was never a point in time past, hopefully in the future might be, but past, present, that was great. <laughs> and if you think that, you are looking at things from a, a certain amount of privilege. And I love that in this movie, she is definitely uh, dissuaded of that idea. There are definitely some things that she can enjoy about that time period. But as, as anything, it was a horrible time for people. Just as someone would say, this is a horrible time for people or whatever. So I really love that theme, that nostalgia, that rose-colored, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, everything was so great and wonderful back then. And he's like, nah, you know, you can't think like that. You got to move forward. You got to progress. Um, as into for the, uh, I do think there should have been a little bit more character development or a little bit more of, of Terrence Stamp's character, um, of a little bit more obvious uh, pointing of, of who this character is, or at least more hints to who this character is. But the fact that they, they cast Terrence Stamp mm-hmm. was yeah. a phenomenal casting because you're just like, oh, yeah, that's the bad guy. Because it's Terrence yeah. Stamp. I mean, you got to like, kneel to Zod. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, that's the bad guy. It's Terrence Stamp. He's the bad guy. It's, it's Terrence Stamp. It's, we don't need you character development because he's the bad guy. <laughs> he shows up. He's like, got bad guy vibes off the rip. Yeah. So, like, I think that's a really great casting. Uh, but there should be a little bit more to his character than, than just relying on the fact that he's Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, this movie's great. It's I was intrigued the whole entire time. I was at the edge of my seat. You know, Dude. you know, there the clues were there. You you can say whether or not you know he he sticks the landing or not. That's you know entirely that's subjective great. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely enough there to say to point you in the direction of how this was kind of going to end. So yeah. Good movie. Good movie. All right. So let's give our ratings and then we'll jump into spoiler, some spoiler notes on here. Um, 
I guess I'll jump off. Uh, I'm gonna give it a 3.8, which I think is lower, but I think again, once we get to the spoiler portion, my nitpicks will get more picked. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a 3.8. Jaron, what do you think? I'm gonna give this a solid four. Uh, I uh, I highly recommend you go see it in the theaters if you can. If not, this will be a great purchase later on Blu-ray or digital or however you go about it. All right, Jason. Four as well. It's it's a good movie. It's plain and simple. Good movie. All right. So we are going to jump into some brief spoiler talk. Please be warned. Spoilers. We're letting you know. Um, please. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get the counter. You're right, Jason. In five. <laughs> I throw a spoiler alert stamp Four, on the screen that covers everything. Three, happens, so we're good. Two, one. We are jumping right into spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> my biggest spoiler on here is just that, or just the thing that confused me the most is like, so was the older lady the ghost of? Yeah, that didn't make no damn sense <laughs> because he did admit that she got killed, but she was she didn't, killed. but she didn't get killed though. But then, how was Ellie seeing the death scene? So was she implanting memories in her in her mind? Yeah, that there is weirdness there. She, yeah, you you saw Ellie see that death scene when the the boy was there, but then later they re-showed her seeing like telling the death scene, and she was stabbing him up and getting blood. Yeah, on well, but I no, remember she made a comment as an older lady that she had experienced that death a hundred times over until finally the hundredth time she decided she wasn't going to die this time. Like she said that out of her mouth. Well, like, I think that was more of a uh, 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 just reliving you know, psychological death yeah, of having yeah. sex with these men over and over again. She was dying each time, but it's not like physically dying. Well, right. I mean, and then finally, she, she finally guy. decided to kill her abuser, which was Jack. So, the ninety-nine. But either time, way, it didn't make sense that she was like, "Oh, the guy is going to stab me with a knife. Now I'm going to defend myself, and then what? Go back and kill all these other people." Or did she have sex with them and then kill them? That's what I'm saying. I like, it didn't yeah, she had up. sex with them and then killed them and then killed them. When and so they, nobody and she continued after she killed Jack. She continued to have sex with men and kill them. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's so. Then Jack was the first death. But then the guys that she was killing were the, the guys first that actual met. death. But the guys that she was killing were the guys that we saw through the the movie too, as well. Right. So either they were return customers. Or I always thought she killed Jack last. That's what I thought too. Like this took this, like these deaths happened over the course of maybe like a summer where she was looking through all those microfiches. That's a lot like, of motherfuckers to kill in a summer. And then, just that's and then nobody noticed when they all went home. Sixties, no social media, no cell phones. Oh, you come know. on. You still know what 50 motherfuckers go missing. Especially <laughs> if, you're, if you're just a pimp. In one well, area, like, like dudes go missing in one area, yeah. and you're just like, nah, I don't fucking know what happened. They're, they're all it, left with the same chick. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're. Th- all right, so think of it. You're in the '60s. You're a pimp. You sell this woman. You get paid, and then you don't see that guy around the club for a while. What does that mean to you? That's nothing. You see a thousand yeah, people. Yeah, but every single motherfucker that she has sex with dis- disappears. And if, if it was a hundred of them, I think you yeah. would start as a pimp noticing that 99 yeah. of your customers who will probably been loyal, especially if you're only buying her from him. They if you're just... hanging out in a club, you're going to know people. <laughs> if you're going there, you know, for sex and stuff, you're going to know people. You're going to make, you know, friends with people and shit. Yeah. And be like, dude, Bill had I, sex I, with, you know, you know, yeah. uh, Sandy. I haven't seen him. And then you know well, what? He did it too. That like yeah. we got to still stay to the point of like, how was she confusing Ellie about who died? The only thing I got reference to that that maybe it was something with the chick that she could do this is that 
she made a comment about how girls leave out of that room immediately, like always leave very quickly without notice. Was my right. only thought to be like, maybe the being in awesome. that room, something happens to the people who live in that room. That's why the lady would never really go in that room because you've noticed throughout the whole thing until oh, the shit. end, she never really went inside of that room like for a very prolonged amount of time. That's yeah. the only thing I can really spitball and say is it was yeah. something more with the room mixed with Ellie's powers that have made that kind of. But then why were these other chicks leaving? Was it just a smell or like, I, I don't, I, again, this is why I'm like, it's, I don't know what the point of the, the revelation was supposed to be. The fact, or the fact that the ghosts are grabbing her and she's trying to call the police and get this crazy lady locked up. And then I like, <laughs> like, bitch, I'm trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm trying to help. <laughs> the fact the fact that all three of us came to this point with a different idea of exactly what was going on with that killing point does mean that they could have done a better job in the storytelling for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like really this wasn't laid like, out well. right. You are you you they established that she can see ghosts at the very beginning right. of the movie because she sees her mother. Mom. So you assume that the fact that she is living this person's life, that that person is dead. Mm. And right. so, like, you assume that, okay, that means Sandy must have died because she can see ghosts and she is seeing Sandy's life. Mm-hmm. But no, Sandy is just down fucking stairs, right? you know, right. waiting to plot. Right. So it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. as cool as that sort of thing was, it's like, okay, this is very confusing. Is she seeing, because it would be one thing if she was seeing Sandy's life with always Jack being there. Right? Right. right, and you would say, okay, she wasn't seeing Sandy; she was seeing Jack's perspective, or or right. she was seeing, you know, maybe she was seeing through Jack's eyes. But the fact that she was only seeing what Sandy was doing kind of confuses the whole entire point that Sandy is the one who is still alive, and Jack's right. the one that is dead. And it's and, and especially at that end, and that's the only scary part of the movie to me was when poor John was in the room with her and and she's screaming and shit. And I'm like, well. Black eyes getting hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's over. It's over. I think we're both nodding in the theater. Nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) He's about to go down. (laughs) He didn't even touch it. I think that's the the confusing (laughs) point is like trying to figure out those pieces. So, my theory, and I guess we can go around and give our own theories of what we think was going on. My theory is that the lady was always dead because we never see her leave the house. We never see her do anything around town. And she was dead. But for somehow in that house, she's able to manifest herself. That's, That's why other people are able to see her in that house and in that role. Like she was able to manifest it. And that's what was going on. Hmm. And mixed with Ali's power, Ellie's power in that room, something's wrong with that room, is haunted, whatever. It was able to make all these things come and come to fruition to happen. That that's the best guess I have is that, yeah. And then like as a ghost. She was still she was killing these jokers off one by one and then burying them. I, that's something I could think of because again, we she would have to be some kind of ghost for Ellie to experience her life. So that's something I could think of is she was just a ghost that was able to manifest herself because she died out of like trauma, pain, and revenge. That's my best guess, and I, there's nothing in the movie that really yeah. confirms that. It's just my guess from horror movie stuff that I've watched my whole life. Would you say it's your head cannon? Oh yes. Oh, I be. see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> Uh, my, my thoughts on it were that we established that Ellie is a median, uh, because she mm-hmm. sees her mom still from across. So the, uh, I, I would think that all these dead men have focused their, their kind of like spectral or ethereal energy on the, the thing that murdered them, the memory of the girl that murdered them. And that's why Ellie is being put like, seeing it through 
there she's seeing the uh girl through the eyes that are basically reconstructed by all these men's perception of her that she's killed mm. so that that's what she's experiencing and maybe it's amplified because she's close to this old woman who happens to be the source of it uh ah, but, again, sure. but that that would be my best guess in that scenario that's a good i like that one better than mine like i, I think i could roll with that your yeah. thoughts jason what is your theory on it aliens yeah, <laughs> but this one could open actually, the door. This one could open the door, though. Actually, I think uh, probably what it probably is is that she is experiencing the death of Sandy, the girl, and that's how she's viewing things. Because Sandy, the girl, is dead, but Alexandra, the woman, is still alive, and therefore she's experiencing Sandy's death. Right. And then that's Older. why she's seeing when Sandy oh. was killed was. When she in in fact killed Jack is when Sandy was killed, when mm -hmm. Alexander, who was the serial killer, was born, and that is what she's seeing. That's so you're th you're thinking more of the death of innocence, less the yes. death of life. I got you. Yeah, an actual way. real. She's being really dead. I'm yeah. going to now jump from Jaren on over to Jason, and think I think that's the best explanation because that will make the most <laughs> sense. That that makes sense. They will continue this pimping without the men being counted because she no longer had a pimp. She just yeah. would go back to these nightclubs and get these guys back home, and finish. that would make more sense now. Why she? It wouldn't be Trace now, because nobody yeah. would be paying attention at this point. She's just a regular chick going around. There's no more. Uh, the pimp's not around. She allures the guys back home, takes them out. Like, or again, if they're repeat customers at that point, they already know she's an established, at least in their minds. Oh, yeah, and she's probably money. going back and murdering the people who have abused her previously. Right. right. Oh, yeah. like I'm here for that. I like that theory better. Uh, yes, and Terrence Stamp's character going out like that. It, I, I got the hint as soon as he said <laughs> Sandy probably deserved everything she got and something, something about her in hell. I was like, oh, that's the dude that was like, she's too good for this. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah but the, the thing was, like, there was only one scene with that guy. I feel only like one. there should be more yeah. scenes with him in it, like oh, being just lurking around or something. Like, great, you know, though. maybe more of a. Of, uh, uh, you know, she could have come across him more and him being just a creepy, maybe just him just being creepy and you realizing, oh, he's a fucking narc. That's why right. he's always around. Or the and fact I, that, like, I, nobody mentions that early on. Yeah. They make him like a creepo and nobody was like, oh, like no, 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 no. That's that dude's a cop. I mean, yeah, all yeah, cops yeah. bad, yeah. but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm actually curious if there is more scenes with him establishing that connection that as the younger cop. And Edgar Wright was like, let's just pull it back to one. I just want a breadcrumb. I want a single breadcrumb and see if anybody picks up on it. Right. And we'll yeah, wrap no it up at the up end. One breadcrumb. We'll, like, oh, let's lay out the yeah. bases right here. We'll we'll beat him over the head with it at the end. But I'm wondering you if have pick up two scenes. <laughs> yeah. One right. is not yeah. enough. Two yeah. is too much. <laughs> I, and I, I I can't wait to like the real nerdy heads break down this movie and put in all the imagery that probably led to us should have knowing what happened. Like in right. all Edgar Wright's movies, is all the imagery that tells you like <laughs> how this is going to happen. Yeah, and then this is gonna have to fit in the Cornetto trilogy as well. It's gonna, oh no, yeah. no, this is actually uh, Baby Driver and it's this in and, and Cornetto trilogy, all the same universe. Actually. <laughs> they all have, uh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they all make a reference to this Sandy girl, and we never realized it. It's not just a throwaway line. We're like, what the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> actually, this is after the world's end. They're all actually robots. She's just downloading the implant. This is a different 1960s. You know, after they all become robots. <laughs> all <right. laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yes, yeah, so hopefully everybody enjoyed our last uh, conversation on last night in Soho. Please remember to comment below. Let us know what you thought about it, if you enjoyed this or not, and if you hated it and you thought it sucked. 
Um, please let us know that as well and tell us why you thought it sucked. But yeah, I do agree with you. Want to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, I don't think it's an all-out horror movie as in jump scares. I do think it is a horror movie in a sense of thriller. So um, let's go on into our last movie review of the day. We are going to talk about Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Um, of I'm going to let Jason go ahead and get this off and let him run with this one <laughs> and have fun. Um, and I, Oh, sorry. And I guess to give everybody a summary of this movie is Strange events plague a documentary filmmaker and her crew when they visit a 200-year-old farm in Amish country to trace her family lineage. That you is the summary. And Jason, you have the floor. All right. There's a lot of nitpicky things. Firstly, uh, about halfway through this, I got bored and started watching TikTok. <laughs> so <laughs> um, there's a lot. Of, I, I, I don't really like this, the paranormal activity kind of like style. I think they could probably you know evolve from this a little bit because there have been movies that use the found footage thing uh especially recent movies i want to say like unfriended the one with john Cho. i can't remember the name of that one i think it's just called missing maybe that used that found footage sort of thing to a clever extent whereas this one is just like in most of these movies like why are you why are you still hanging hanging around with the camera guys like there's a demon chasing you you're still like oh my god there's a demon chasing me and i'm gonna run and look at it and run and it's like you would any human being would drop the camera and just book it. Like, that's what we would do as humans. You know, we would drop the camera and book it. We wouldn't pick it up or hand it back and forth so we can each get shots of ourselves, each other, acting horrified. We would be like, fuck this. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Um, there's also some other nitpicky things like, um, you know, Amish people, they do have telephones. They're not allowed to have them in their houses, but in their businesses, you can call them. But if you can't call them, you can always just write them a letter. You know, because the U.S. Postal Service still goes to them as well. So this whole idea is like, you didn't contact them. Like, you could have contacted them and told them exactly what's going on uh, if you wanted to. And they could have been like, yo. Uh, also, this lady goes around snooping in these people's houses. And it's just like, you don't have no respect for anybody. <laughs> like, I was just going to snoop around these people's shit. They bring you to their home, say, hey, you can stay here, blah, 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 blah. Which is weird in the first place, because, like, there's a motel down the street. And if you're a documentary crew, you wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, we'll live with you guys. It sounds fun. No, you would stay in the fucking hotel down the street. But y'all gonna snoop around looking in drawers and shit. And, you know, like, I don't even do that in my parents' house. And they're my parents. <laughs> like, I don't do that shit at all. Don't want to find that surprise dildo, Mom. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get into, I guess, this movie, I'm going to get into spoiler territory here on this movie, because I don't really care to spoil it to people, because I don't really care about this movie at all. <laughs> Because it it was kind of just boring to me. Um, there's one instance where the girl finds out that uh, they are they have been you know kind of the people that she's staying with have kind of been lying to her, and the boyfriend is like, oh yeah, we'll just stay for another night and then we'll leave tomorrow. It's like y'all could have left right then and like been fine. <laughs> because here's the thing, he's like, oh, it's thirty miles from the nearest thing or blah 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 or whatever. The very first scene of y'all getting there, y'all go to the hotel and the little kid walks and and jump scares you. And y'all drive him back. Like, if a little kid could have walked at night to your hotel room, y'all could have left, even if y'all car was And, like, it's not like y'all don't have all the shit recorded that you can't believe her, because you've been looking at the tapes and shit and saying, oh, that's what is this? What is that? So y'all, you would know that, like, she's telling the truth. And if they've been, like, lying to you, there's no point in just like, yeah, we'll say another day. It's fine. You know what? Yeah, maybe they have been, you know, stalking you for a year or, or forever. 
but you know, nothing's going to happen tonight. <laughs> so let's just go. Let's go in the morning. Um, yeah, that was all dumb. It was all dumb, but, uh, the ending was pretty cool. Uh, I liked the fact that, uh, the bad guys win kind of, or the bad guys lose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> other than that, it was boring as fuck. I don't like these paranormal activity movies. Shit doesn't happen until like the very end. And even then it's like not scary. So go on. <laughs> All right. Jaren, go ahead. Uh, they should have called this failed jump scare of the movie. Um, <laughs> fucking jump scares, attempted jump scares the entire time. Uh, I mean, you got this girl. Uh, she's estranged. Uh, her mother is apparently Gollum from Lord of the Fucking Rings, <laughs> uh, and I the uh, I as soon as they find out, yeah, you're right. As soon as they find out they're like a Satanists and not part of the fucking you know Amish community, whatever <laughs> yeah communities those guys are. It's like why the fuck didn't they bounce? Um, I just uh, uh, I don't know I. Watching it, it, you're right. It was pay. It, it was. It, it's one of those things where it's like it, it attempts to break up the monotony of the slow burn with jump scares, so that they can finally have that like last twenty minutes where there's something that occurs. Uh, I don't know. I, I do disagree. I, I if I were a filmmaker and I was experiencing something supernatural, I would do almost everything in my power to get that shit on film because nobody would believe until me. your life is an actual danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if even running, if you see like I'm running, videos of 9 11 no they're taping the thing back. until the buildings come crashing down and then they turn yeah. and they fucking run. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, they don't just sit there and go, oh this is great. I'm gonna go get to keep going back and get the shots. They fucking run and then they get to a safe place and then maybe they'll turn around and, and start recording again. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, they'll fucking run first. <laughs> I, I listen, like I said, yeah, I get it. Um, uh, the uh, yeah, as soon as as soon as they realize there's something nefarious, the family they should have bounced. Uh, apparently, the women in this family, the only ones that can hold this Azamotus guy or whatever in in them, uh, and and then at the end, the two cops, I guess, what they shoot each other because of their the the demon's power. And these guys are all just devil worshippers, right? That's all they are. It's, it's well, no, I don't think they're devil worshippers. They were trying to keep Asmodeus from escaping, and the women were the only ones that could keep him inside, like their is body. Okay, yeah, because literally they went on the internet and explained the whole entire plot. They were just using them as vessels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the Which way, is hilariously not how the internet works. It's like, oh, yeah. click on this one. This explains everything. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved for that guy to come back after he told him not to search any weird shit and look back at the history and be like, "I asked what the him fuck? one." I literally told him not to say weird shit, weird shit. Devil worshiping Nords in my fucking shit. What the hell is this? <laughs> like the guy was like, "Please don't look at weird shit." Of my and then he went back and it's like, "Yeah, demons." So, um, yeah, no, it was slow burn. Oh, it was. I, I, I'm also like, what the moment before the, when they, the night before they leave to go get the battery, right? She gets attacked by something. Is she get, does she, because she doesn't get possessed at that point. And it wasn't her mom because her mom's chained down in a fucking hole. Yeah. So right. what was she attacked oh. by? Yeah. So I'm going to have all. Yeah. All the answers for you guys because I am a huge fan of this series and mm -hmm. um 
Paranormal Activity don't it don't get enough respect on its name for its mythology. Now we can say the movies are here to miss, but everybody loves the Conjuring series and how great that is. And Paranormal Activity has been again it's one of the seventh movie. So to answer some of your questions, and I'll go into my review of it. They established this thing that the women can be possessed by the demon, but the demon can't find his perfect host. The perfect host has to be the male, which was the hunter kid from earlier versions. But it can possess other boys, but it just won't be a perfect possession because it has to be like almost like the seventh child or the seventh daughter of the that kind of BS has to go. Oh, that kind of bullshit. Oh, like, yeah, like yeah, wizard yeah. rule. Okay. So they've been using. So actually, in this one, oddly enough, the Amish people were like, or the fake Amish people in this were kind of almost the good guys. Yeah, they're so the good the guys. Mother, yeah, yeah. The mother wasn't possessed by the demon, but the mother was basically. On get back, if you want to say that she was on get back mode, they were trying to move the demon into the the daughter because she was, I guess, I'm assuming her lineage led that she could be the next carrier of the demon, so it doesn't spread to whatever. So they would have pretty much but chained her up off, like her mother. weren't they What's pissed up? off that the weren't they pissed off that Sarah, the mother, had like uh, had her outside of the commune or whatever, and that that may not have been a perfect host as a result or something like that? No, they were really like, irritated. No, they huh? were irritated because she took the baby, and that baby would have been the next person to be possessed to hold okay. the demon and yeah. below the so they're, that's why they were pissed mad. at her. They're so when the mother wasn't the possessed, she was they were just holding her as punishment because, like, hey, you took the vessel we needed. Now we're on limited time before this thing comes up. And if it doesn't, right. which end up happening, it gets possessed one of the people in there, and that was free. My thought is right. he's driving to go find Hunter, which is his perfect host, because the other lineage of this one that was in the other movies. It, oh, they, do you they think there is a connection? Yes, yes, yes. Because I thought these were completely separate stories. No, no, they're separate okay. stories, but they have they're in the same universe and the same demon trying to get the same thing okay. at once. Okay, okay, cool. So cool. Uh, that's what's going on there. So for for me, going on with this one, um, yeah, I just think it does deserve a little bit more respect for how much they are weaving in this. It is some BS installments. I mean, but it is what it is. That's all franchises. If when you go this long, um. The movie itself, I agree with everything you said. Like, why are you in people's business, lady? Like, stop being nosy. <laughs> like, yeah. these people oh, so there's footsteps up there. Let me let me go up there and see what's up right, there. Right, like, the the fuck out of here. Like, they... <laughs> oh, about you? I keep my drawers and stuff in the top cabinet. Like, you want the people's like, like you know, panty drawers? Like, come on, man. Like, that's weird. Um, I think when y'all were like, oh, well, when she found that they were recording her, they were like, oh, well, let's just wait. Blah blah blah. I agree with you. Like, they were able. The kid was able to walk the town to the hotel. So it did make it feel like that walk wouldn't have been that far. But I think also, too, like, no one knew that they knew. So them trying to up and leave really, really quickly, they think would have probably aroused some kind of suspicion. Now, Arouse suspicion and bounce. <laughs> but, again, but again, if you arouse suspicion and they actually are stalkers and killers, then they're going to try to be like, oh, why are you leaving all of a sudden? Like, blah, blah, blah. like the move would have been harder to pull off, especially with no battery for the car. So that thought process was, hey, keep it cool. Let's get the battery. Get the battery tomorrow. Let them already know we're leaving the next day. We get the battery tomorrow. We just bounce out and we ride out and then we, we report this to the police. So, again, I don't agree totally with it, but I understand it. Like, Speaking if you think battery. these guys are, are murderers or villainous or whatever you're thinking, you all of a sudden, like, coming out of this dude's room being like, oh, we got to leave. Sorry. Take us into town. Probably would have raised some suspicion. Speaking of batteries. This camera crew, why they why didn't they opt to stay in the hotel? Where were they charging all of their shit? A like, they had a generator. They had a generator. That was in the movie. Oh. 
I remember yeah. I looked oh. up after, from TikTok and see right, 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 right. that was one of the things. Like, I yeah. must I must have like went to go get a drink or something at that point. I was like, the little kid did the jump scare, which was a pretty cool shot because he sets yeah. the camera down and uh, he's messing with the generator, and you see little kid off in the diff- distance. I did I like, like oh, that shot cool. where that's they cool were showing shot. the kids like how to do slow motion with the uh, cameras and everything. I thought that yeah. was yeah, and that cool. didn't come in handy at all. Yeah, no. well, hold on, they use it in the kill scenes, and I'm like. Yeah. What am I just recording this in slow motion? Is somebody's getting killed? Yeah, like, are you just are you just rapidly <laughs> pressing the button to go to slow motion? <laughs> are you doing this to this guy's death? <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be so awesome. B roll when I get back and get right, all this right. <laughs> all these murders. Um, so, but no, but this series has always been flared with a lot of stupidity, bad decisions, and things that wouldn't normally that normal people wouldn't do. That's some of the thrill of it. And then, like, yes, the twenty minute last second. You know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes of everything going back crazy. Uh, it was a great fiction. It was a great move. It was a cool move. I mean, and I like that the elements of Toby gaining more power, the closer they get to the moment where he can almost free himself. That's why he was able to possess old girl, at least put her into that trance or whatever like that and throw her around and all that. Like, if that's been a, a staple of the series, that as the, the days get closer, the, the, the demons get, he gets stronger and stronger, is able more to do more things in the world. So, I thought that was a cool uh, thought going from just being a reflection in the window. That's the most he can do to laying down in the bed. Cause I guess he got tired. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, also, he's a heavy boy. He's like, man, I got to see my face. That took a lot of energy. Let me take a rest after this. <laughs> this is what's so funny about like a lot of these like scary ghost movies where it's like, Oh, the ghost is like, you know what? Instead of killing you, I'm going to slam the door and you know, you know, do like, and I'm gonna stand behind you for like yeah. a second, but you can't see me. But I'm standing there. I'm gonna sit down on this shit. It's like they know they're in a fucking movie. It's like, oh man, what could be the scariest thing I could do right now? Sit yeah. on the bed. Yeah. Instead of you know just doing other things, I'm gonna sit on the bed. <laughs> well, headcanon head for that. Headcanon for that is if they start weak, but they they get strengthened by somebody's fear of them, then they can only do little bits to engender fear. And then they can get a little more strength from that fear, and then they can do a little bit more. Freddie would have had them all fucking dead by then. <laughs> That'd be very cool. Well, I mean, Freddie needed Jason to come back. If you watch Freddie vs. Jason, <laughs> that so, was after fifteen movies. So <laughs> by that logic, <laughs> Freddie would have been that was after fifteen fucking movies. <laughs> they stop. They stop believing in Freddie. They stop believing in uh, oh. Toby, and you see what happens. They, they're weak. Oh, he did. <laughs> um, so again, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, and one, it also helps I get to watch it in the comfort of my own home, so I didn't have to pay money for it. So if you're a fan of the series, I definitely think it's a good entry into it. It's not some of the best, but it's not some of the worst either. It's just a good solid entry to keep it moving along. I mean, again, I feel like this series and the Conjuring series are running neck and neck for who's going to run out of ideas quick uh, sooner. <laughs> Looks like Paranormal Activity is getting closer that they're running out. Where Conjuring is just making up new things to make uh, spinoffs about now. So, oh yeah, no Conjuring, I think is 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 top tier, triple A in this in this particular category for sure. Oh, Conjuring's got a lot of depth already... too. Uh, uh, name, we... name, name, a better, that, name a better ghost isn't, series. Isn't Annabelle a part of the Conjuring? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only been and La Rosa. Annabelle. And La Rosa. La Rona was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Two oh. terrible is uh, Annabelle. Like I mean, and like I said again, it. The Conjuring has its flaws as well. It's just that we don't think about it because one and two are so good. Yeah. And even three is pretty yeah. good as well that we just forget about the flaws. I enjoyed this last one. Or was yeah, that, I said three. I said three is pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I enjoyed that. I don't fuck with movies with ghosts in them, so I don't fuck with no ghosts. I like ghost stories. (laughs) I want another 1408, man. Shit, that movie was baller. Oh, what uh, John Cusack? And fucking, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and Sam Jackson. Well, you know, Sam Jackson's in everything. You just name a movie and Sam Jackson's in it. We just assume Sam Jackson's in it. So you say, (laughs) hey, Sam Jackson's not in this. Then we go, oh, "Oh, that movie. Unless you're right, that well, interviewer, on. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. I'm the guy that sells credit cards. Uh, let's call it Jason to your finale. Uh, your rating. What do you rate Paranormal Activity? I was bored throughout this thing. Uh, this is, I guess, it's just not my series. So just a one. I mean, if you like this sort of thing, it's fine. But I'm, I, it's just not my thing. That's all. It's just not my thing. All right, Jaren. I mean, I can't give it a one because it was a competent story and the characters, I mean, they did make some smart decisions. They didn't fall into that trope of making the dumbest decisions ever, except, I mean, there was one decision that was questionable, but I got to at least give it a two. I mean, it, you know, I got through it. I, I wasn't on TikTok in the middle of it, but apparently when I went to get a drink, I missed the whole generator sequence. So I was like, <laughs> the whole time I'm like, how the fuck are these fuckers charging? Uh, I'm with you. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to give it a, a two. Wasn't the worst entry, wasn't the best entry. I mean, none of these movies are ever going to get high on my list anyway. They're just enjoyable, <laughs> fun romps just to and spend the time. And I had to pay for it. So I'll definitely give it a two. If you're a fan of the series, definitely check it out. It's an installment that will push the story a little further. If you're not a fan of the series, then you're probably not. You didn't even know this thing even existed. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's definitely no fucking marketing or shit, anything about it. Unless you're actually on Paramount Plus, and yeah. then they'll actually market it to you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> No, like, I want to see this tragic movie. Uh, anyway, um, guys, we, we we almost did it. 18 minutes over. So, hey, thank you guys for watching and listening to <laughs> the N Word for Nerd podcast. We appreciate you as always. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe on Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, I didn't put the banner up today. Oh, Sorry, guys. I'm slacking. I'm, I'm still slacking pointing down because Jaren can put a banner in. I can't. That'd be a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. I used to do After that manually too, and I hated it. Uh, but thank you guys Ooh. for listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor FM under Head Cannon Circus. And as always, please remember to comment. Give us your comments. We have been loving all the comments that have been coming in, yes. and we are going to do a comment section either sometime this week or on you know, next week's show. So all you guys that have been commenting, we would definitely want to say thank you. Keep sending them in. Share this stuff with some of your friends. Have them comment on us. And um, I think I may have a, a custom uh, one of the fans uh, that have commented come on the show next week. We'll see. I gave him my email, so he wants to come on and chop it up with us. I'll give him a lineup, and we'll do our thing on this one. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll come on the show. If not, we'll still give you the same high-quality content we've been doing just yeah. with us doing our <laughs> thing. Oh, well, yeah. It, we may have to come down from the Halloween high, so it may be a little weak next week. So don't worry. And if you want to come on the show and you have something you want to talk about you're more than welcome to uh send an email or make a comment in the in the youtube channel uh if you don't want to be on camera we can just put you in a little box with uh like a sound bar or something if uh if you don't have like a good camera or just don't want to be on camera it's fine you can still be here present live with us and talking so i mean we look at jaren's face i mean look at every day they have to deal with this (laughs) so you're fine you're fine all right well guys as always uh Jason, I mean, I guess, Jaren, you've kind of got your final words. Jason, any final words before we get up on out of here? Be kind. Be considerate. Dip your bartenders and servers 20%. Yeah. What about Static Shock? Does he have any follow? 
Uh, does Static Shock have a, a, a catchphrase? Static Shock! Ah, yeah, Lil Romeo has it for him. <laughs> <Yeah>. Static Shock! <laughs> Evil dies tonight. Evil yes. dies tonight. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. We will see you all next. Watch it. 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 We will 